Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. Over 100,000 claims taken care of every year. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Yui. NRL Fantasy Podcast time once again. Round 19 teams are in. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Dom Brock as per usual. And Dom, we had a pretty good week last week. It was a good week at last. Um, both of us got big scores. I think you had a very big score, didn't you? 1089, that's I think. nice. I was a bit under that, but uh, yeah, good round for most of us, I think. Some really big scores from a lot of popular fantasy players. Um, a lot of those fullbacks weren't really big, mm. Tedesco, RTS, uh, Trebojevic. So yeah, apart from some bad news on the Andrew Fafita front, which we'll get to very shortly, um, yeah, mostly a pretty positive round for for most of us. I was going to say I could have had mid-1100s if Fafita pulled mm. his finger out, but um, won't won't sneeze at the uh, the end, the final score. Um, a few team changes floating around this week. Let's get straight into it. Starts off on Thursday night out in the uh, the Shire. The Sharks take on the Cowboys. A um, few reshuffles in the back line. Moylan's out. Uh, J Moz and Dugs back into the um, the three quarter line, or Dugan at fullback. Uh, Kurt Capel returns to the forwards. Uh, Billy Magulius, I think he's on debut. On the bench there? Sounds right. Yeah, he's um, on the bench. Let's say he is. Uh, Fafita obviously out. As you mentioned, one game suspension. Um, Braden Hamlin, ULE's been scoring pretty well those games. Fafita's been out. Um, about cover it? I think so, yeah. So Fafita, obviously a big one for a lot of us. Um, his score was pretty bad last week, even before he got sin bin. So he obviously had 10 minutes off and uh, lost five points for that sin bin, but he still finished with fifth, with no, 11 for the game. Mm. Well, he didn't come back. He did his usual first spell, probably went up a little bit early, and then he didn't come back until about the 64th minute. Obviously got sin bin right after that, which was the killer, but would have mm. only got 40 minutes, I think, even if he hadn't got binned, which is a bit weird. Yeah, so he's on track for a season low in, in minutes uh, in terms of games that he doesn't get injured, and easily his season-worst uh, score... Hopefully, for those of us who have him, it's going to be a one-off. He'll miss one week uh, with suspension, so fingers crossed he comes back fired up in a couple of weeks and um, gets another big score, uh, something like what Britton Nakora did on the weekend. Yeah, finally. Uh, a few quiet uh, scores. People were asking last week about whether to trade him out. Uh, he scored a try really early in that game, and then it went on to get 75 points, 40-odd tackles. Base stats yep. all good, so that's why he's in uh, a lot of our teams. I believe we both said don't sell him. Are yeah. On track for that? Yeah. A little yeah. pat on the back there. Definitely. Um, we haven't had many pats on the back this year. So <laughs> so we've, we've got, got a few misfires. We've got to pump up our tyres when we get one right. Uh, Sean um, Johnson as well, doing pretty well. Yeah, it didn't do anything explosive, but um, you know, given his price tag compared to the um, the Mitch Moses and yep. Cleary's and so on, his uh, 50s is pretty handy. Uh, they take on the Cowboys, who really let one slip against the Bunnies last week. Uh, Fantasy-wise, it is Jason Tamalolo and then the other guys pretty much. Yeah, so Tamalolo got 60-something again last week. He's kind of reliable now for 60-plus. Mm. Weird um, when we're um, getting disappointed by a 62 it's score. It's funny, isn't it? Mountains of metres and... And it's not like he's been a massive fantasy scorer forever. He had that one season when yeah. half the you know stars got injured and he carried them to the... Grand final, and he got 62 points a game or something. And this year, he's been a bit better than that. Mm. Um, even with, you know, theoretically, this star-studded forward pack of John McLean and Matt Scott and uh, Josh McGuire. That's yeah. why I didn't start the season with him, so I had so yeah. many middles. But, um, yeah, I think I was talking him down for that reason at the start of the mm. year. But, yeah, he's been uh, enormous. So, you know, must have one of those top 
two or three players in, in fantasy. And no one else in this Cowboys team right now I think is really worth having. I don't think so. Uh, a few people jumped on Scott Drinkwater, who I think got yeah. 57 on club debut with a try. Um, has been a bit quiet since then. He did get a try um, on the weekend, but it was not a... A tackle-busting, line-breaking yeah. try. It was just a, a scooping up of all sort of try and um, has had two sort of middling scores since yeah. that, that big one. And really good player, good scorer in their making. Fantastic player, yeah. But at a time when you really want to have three of Ponga, Tedesco, Turbo yeah. and RTS, Drinkwater's kind of you know an, an extra mm. for, a, for a backup at best. And he'd be you know, the big four, like you said, and then probably Chancey or Clockstar exactly. after that. So he's a little bit down the pecking order for, for fullbacks. Uh, Friday afternoon footy kicks off up in the Hunter. The Knights taking on the West Tigers. Um, Knights will be certainly looking for a hit back after a pretty shoddy second half. Uh, Roosters ran rings around them in that uh, second 40, which wasn't great news for Kalen Ponger or Mitch Pierce's uh, stats. I think 38 and 42 respectively, yep. which is probably reasonably acceptable given the uh, the scoreline. Um, David Clemmer, the uh, the standout, as we've discussed a few times, he seems to score a bit better when the Knights aren't going as well because he gets, uh, you know, just really rolls his sleeves up, gets some extra tackles to go with his run meters. Yeah, definitely. So he's actually jumped ahead of the other two for average score this year um, and as you say the Knights ran into a really good uh, red hot Roosters team last week uh, Ponga didn't have that much to do still had one or two little breaks but um, finished around 40 which you know in a fullback in a team that gets smashed that's a reasonable score mm. uh, Pierce had a lot of kick meters and not much else but um, 42 isn't terrible so yeah in a, in a game where they're probably expected to win this week against the Tigers those two could easily score a lot better Fingers crossed as they're both in my team. Uh, Connor Watson back on the bench. Still got some decent stats. Yeah, um, I'd still be a bit worried about him moving forward if he's in your team just playing as a, a backup utility. Yeah, at this point, if you still hold him, you, you have to be happy to, for him to lose money uh, and just score the odd 30 and 40, really. Um, he's mostly valuable as a backup half slash fullback. Um, good one to have. Better than you know a rookie winger or something as your, as your fullback backup, but... You can't rely on too many big scores off the bench. He played 44 minutes last week. Um, he'll play about that, I guess, most weeks mm. from here on in at hooker or just you know hopping up in the middle somewhere. Uh, he's a really good tackle breaker when he gets his chances, but yeah, can't rely on big scores from the bench. Exactly. They take on uh, West Tigers, who were really bad early and then sort of rallied, but uh, their coach wasn't too impressed at the end of the game, and that's... Probably the reason we've seen a few changes. Uh, one of those is Corey Thompson coming back, which is not uh, related to any form. He's just coming back from an injury, pushing him by the centre. But the forward packs had some uh, reshuffles. Um, Oliver Clark starts at prop. Early season cash cow Luke Garner's back in the second row. Ryan Madison in the 13. Um, Alex Twile drops back to the bench. Chris Lawrence dropped to the bench as well. So a few tweaks around the uh, the forward pack. Yeah, fantasy-wise, you know, Twile is the loser and Madison's the winner, I guess, out of that reshuffle. Um, if they do run out like this, Madison playing in the middle will help his, you know, base stats, tackles. Um, maybe not run meters, but certainly tackles enough should make up for that. So good signs for him if he plays really big minutes. Twile could still get his regular kind of... 50 minutes a game from the bench, so don't be too panicked. But, um, yeah, signs aren't great if he's if he's moving in that direction at this time this season. Yeah, correct. Uh, that's probably about it for the Tigers, really. You don't, Other than those guys, you don't really want any. Robbie Farrer played 80, got a big score, 58, I think. True, yeah. I mean, they had one off. two head knocks, yeah. two forwards. Head knocks with each other, pretty much. I think one of them didn't come back. Yeah, so, McKaylee set um, off. So. Yeah, Little came on 
uh, in the middle when that happened and then came on at the end and was still sort of playing in the middle with Farris staying on. I wouldn't be too excited about him getting 80 minutes. Moving forward with um, Jacob Little still holding that number 14 jersey. Um, looking forward to this one, second Friday game. Rabbitohs up against the Dragons. Dragons will be desperate for a hit back. They were terrible last week in the second half against the Panthers. Rabbitohs probably got out of jail a bit against the Cowboys. Um, we are expecting, based on the team list, that probably Tom Burgess sneaks into the 17 from the reserves list. Sam Burgess is also in the reserves. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready, but obviously keep an eye on late mail there. Um, I was out there this morning at their training and uh, Damien Cook and Cameron Murray were both up for media, obviously being <laughs> Did a... Did you thank them <laughs> for their services to your fantasy team? Had to fight the urge to give Cameron Murray a gigantic <laughs> hug. Um, being the diligent fantasy type that I am, I did quiz them both about any post-origin rests that may be coming up, mm. and they um, they both were of the opinion that having been given a few days, extra days off training from uh, Wayne Bennett and uh, with Murray having some reduced minutes through the origin period, that they were both full steam ahead for the, uh, the run to the finals. Cook was adamant he didn't want any games off. He wants to be out there. He wants to be playing footy, which is great to hear, and... Uh, Murray reckons that uh, after Wayne gave him some um, sort of 50-minute games through Origin, he's going to be back to his usual 60 from here on in, so that's all good signs. Um, and probably the other one worth mentioning is Braden Burns. He had a, mm. a limited training session this morning, obviously still, I guess, working his way back from that long-term hammy injury, but he was fantastic on the weekend. Yeah. Nine tackle bus he finished up with. Yeah, scored in the high 50s, I think, 57 maybe. 56, yep. whatever it is. Yep. Um, so, yeah, really good option. Certainly if he's your backup winger fullback slash centre slash 18th man, you know, good loophole option as well when he goes big. So, um, And even if he's in your starting team, you know, he's, he's going great mm. at the moment. So um, good signs there, especially if they keep racking up some big wins, which they could do this week. Yeah, it's uh, certainly on the cards. Uh, Dragons, uh, Paul McGregor has lost a bit of patience. He's made some changes. Um, Gareth Widdop, they get back from that shoulder injury, which pushes Corey Norman to fullback. Matt Dufty to the bench, which is what they were doing at the start mm. of the year, which is still a little bit odd, but there you go. Um, Michaela Ruffalawa dropped. Jason Saab comes in on the wing. Uh, Jacob Host dropped as well. Pat Kafusi out of the team. Uh, forward pack looks a little bit different. A few tweaks here and there, but probably nothing too fantasy relevant. Yeah, a lot of changes which are very yeah NRO relevant, but maybe less fantasy relevant. That that minor one with the, the Dufty on the bench thing is what had a lot of people spooked about Cameron McGuinness at the start of the year. So they played you know, Dufty would come at, uh, on at fullback. Everyone would shuffle up a position in the spine, basically. So mm. Norman to the halves. Ben Hunt, uh, who did have a rest last week from origin that's been spoken about a lot uh it could go to hooker and mckinnis go off or to lock or something um they tried that a few times it didn't really work um if you've got mckinnis i wouldn't be panicking very much at this point his form has been fantastic it ended up when they were doing that it didn't really hurt his scores too much anyway even when he was only getting you know reduced minutes he was still playing sort of 70 ish and, and scoring well so not too many dramas there, I wouldn't think, but hopefully he uh, continues to play 80. Lomax being back is good for those who have held, held him as, you know, backup number, jersey number 21 or something. Yeah, well, he I had suppose. that big score right before he got hurt, yeah. um, or the week that he got hurt. And so he's been sitting there with a very low break even all this time. But back on the wing, I've probably got one more price rise in him before yeah. he levels and, out. And at this point, you're leaving it pretty late for price rises. Exactly. Anyway... Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. Hunt's been a borderline keeper in the halves, averaging yeah. odd 50. Probably that Adam Reynolds level of 51 to 52 yeah. rather than the you know, Moses Cleary DCE 
yep. you know, huge upside. Monster, yeah. Um, speaking of Mitch Moses, his Eels take on the Warriors uh, at Bankwest at 3 p.m. Uh, that's their, they're very much the, um, you know, Titans at home and, <laughs> you know, bunny bunnies away. They uh, they weren't good at Manly last week. They're back at home. We'll be desperate for a, a win to show up that top eight spot. Uh, team-wise, we've got Sean Lane out with what's apparently a finger injury. Um, Wonga Blake makes his club debut in the centres, pushing Josh Hoffman to the wing debutant. Ethan Parry drops out. Um, Jamin Salmon drops out, which is probably encouraging for Reed Marnie owners. Um, Manu Mau's going well at the moment. Nathan Brown uh, scored a try, but still only 51 on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Brown's not quite back to what he was last year, which can be expected. Uh, Mitchell Moses, you mentioned earlier, his scoring's been incredible. So mm. at this point, he looks like running away with being easily the best half in fantasy this yeah. year, which um, I would have been very surprised about yeah. at the start of the season or even two months ago. But um, he's got five or six really good scores uh, on the trot at the moment, got 66 on the weekend. That's his third straight, I don't know, fourth straight score above 60. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, a lot of tries he's kicking goals. His kick meters is really big because he's the main you know, kicker in general play. So uh, a lot to like there, especially if you think the Eels are going to keep scoring a lot of points. doesn't really matter if they lose as long as they score a lot of points for, for his sake. Well, yeah, at the start of the year, he was sort of scoring 80-odd when they won and 30-odd when yeah. they lost. And it was sort of all or, or nothing. But recent weeks, he's been scoring even in losses. Like you said, the, the kick meters, he's getting 600-ish kick meters mm. a week. So even if they lose, he's sort of producing numbers there. I think about three tackle busts a game over the last yeah. six or so weeks. His running game's been good. He's getting, you know, basically a, a try assist per week. Stats in every every category. You know, it's one week he gets kicks seven goals. One week he kicks, you know, forty twenties. It just always seems to be something just chipping yeah. in and, and building the stats up and just, you know, putting numbers in different categories across the board that gets him into these sixty plus scores. So really good option for the run home. If uh, only I could afford him. Yeah, well, it's the situation we're in at the moment. <laughs> Uh, they take on the Warriors, who have Ken Marlowe back from injury. Jazz Tavanga still starting at lock, where he's been scoring fantastically well. Torhu Harris <coughs> still not back. Uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek hasn't had too many quiet scores of late, going well in the number one jersey. Uh, yeah. Probably the main ones? I think so. RTS, this is his probably best run of form, fantasy-wise, at least all year. Um, getting fairly consistent big scores, which doesn't mean he will get another big big one this week. Um, but so far, so good from him. And yeah, Tavanga probably has another two weeks at least um, mm. in the lock position where he's scoring great. Um, at this point, I mean, we've said already he's not necessarily a buy for that reason, you know, this week or last week. But is there any chance they... I mean, obviously there's a chance that they leave him at 13 for the rest of the season when Harris comes back. Yeah, I mean, it's... The Warriors picking a consistent forward pack has always been a massive question mark. Yeah. If you've been playing fancy for a few years, you'll know that you don't get too attached to, to Warriors forwards for that reason, other yeah. than obviously Simon Mannering over a long period. But just among is going that well, you look at their team at the moment, you could put Torhu Harris back on an edge and just drop Isaiah Papali'i back to the bench. He's the one who will make way, yeah. yeah. So Blair, obviously. Blair will stay in the starting starts. spot, whether he goes back to lock or, or prop or something for, yeah. for Torhu, whether he stays where he is. And I, I think he's been pretty good on the edge. Yeah, um, that game against the Broncos, he was really tearing them to shreds. Mm. Their Broncos defence wasn't great on that right side with, uh, I think Xavier Coates was out there. Um, That's right, yeah. But uh, Blair looked good and fast, scoring a, a try from 20 metres out, which is not usually what you expect from him. So... 
uh, yeah, that kind of thing probably helps Tavunga's chances as well of, of staying at 13. So, so far, so good for him. Obviously, yeah, can't guarantee it, but uh, certainly a, a chance. Uh, Titans and the Broncos, the uh, Queensland derby on Saturday afternoon up there on the Gold Coast. Uh, Callum Watkins, the England international, makes his club debut in the centres. I think uh might have been visa issues, slowed down his mm-hmm. uh, club debut after getting in the uh, onto the list before June 30, so that's his first game. Uh, Jay Whitbread still at lock with Jai Arrow another week or two away, which is handy for those of us that jumped on him. Um, Mo Fodawaker, I think, was back in form after a couple of quiet weeks, mm-hmm. and a few people jumped on him, uh, although he is back to the interchange now. Uh, Tyrant Peachy back on the uh, the bench as well. Yeah, I think that's about the long and the short of it. Um, Pete's had a good score. Pete's did have a good score, so he played the full 80 minutes last week. Uh, Mitch Rain has dropped out of the 17 altogether, a bit of a Garth Brennan favourite uh, from Penrith, Mitch Rain. So, yeah, good signs for Pete's. He's pretty cheap. Uh, I think about 480 grand or something. Yeah, just under 500. Yeah, so scored 63 last week in 80 minutes. Um, he could keep doing that. Uh, as we've said before, not many fantasy coaches need an extra hooker in their team, unfortunately. I think I've got three or four. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's not like a, a high demand position, but if you haven't got much money, don't care what position you know a, a borderline keeper um, comes in, then Pete's is a really good option, I think. Mm. I mean, if you're short on trades and you've got someone like a Cade Custer or Thomas Flegler or someone like that yeah. on your bench, and you just want a one trade to someone who's going to score okay, then I think Pete's could you do a lot worse. At the very least, as a eighteenth man, you know. Yeah, exactly. Covers weeks like this with Fafita out, um, bring him into seventeen. Uh, they take on the Broncos, who uh, look pretty similar. Um, Matt Gillett back, I think. Yep. Um, so a tiny little shift in the, the forward pack. Obviously, Flegler is out on a, a one-week suspension. Um, Alex Glenn into the centres, which is uh, a little bit unusual, but um, Payne Haas, probably the main story there, just cannot stop scoring. He's almost the most reliable captaincy option which is yeah so is, is he going to be your captain most weeks from here on in was he last week he was last week yeah. um i think i took it off smith to give it to him so i cost myself four sure. points but yeah it's all much of a much the smith's getting yeah. 70s Haas is getting 70s yeah Cooker and then mckinnis are getting 60s. 60s yeah the the thing with Haas is now because he had a few huge scores where he got a try which mm. obviously bumps it the try he got a couple of weeks ago where he beat three or four defenders and scored is obviously a big scoring play uh, in one movement, but on the weekend, he was just, he was all kind of, like he just had a good solid game and scored 70-odd points. Mm. Like, um, beats a tackle, most runs, it seems, makes a lot of tackles as well, plays huge minutes, just like perfect kind of fantasy front rower. So, um, yeah, really solid option for um, captain. I don't think it matters what kind of game it is even. If they lose, he'll make a lot of tackles. Mm. If they win, he'll... He'll bust a lot of tackles, get a lot of run meters. So, yeah, really safe option. The other guys, like even Cameron Smith, got a try last week to get him up to 75. So yeah. he probably would have been the safest bet without that try. So, yeah, really like look of Haas as, as a captain option this week. Uh, Milford we should mention because I believe he's now a dual position player. Yes. So if you're sitting on him... Um, only 44, I think, last week. Uh, a bit of a come down from 99 the week before. He spent some time off, I think, at the right? Yeah. 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 Um, so the dual position thing makes him even more value- valuable than uh, he has been. Um, scored 99 a couple of weeks ago, so huge potential there. Should we run through the, the dual position changes? Why not? I've got Just them here. Tuck them into the middle of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? 
So obviously Milford and Darius Boyd with the positional switch, they've both got dual position now. Milford at having a fullback, Boyd in the halves. We've got James Fisher-Harris in the front row. Uh, Whitbread, uh, second row and front row. Isaiah Yeo is uh, available in the centres as well after playing, I think, four games at centre. Yep. Jake Turpin's now the Broncos' halfback at the moment, so he's available at half. And Adam Dewey playing fullback at South is now a dual position like uh, Milford and Boyd, one of those halves slash fullbacks. So, yeah, they're all handy to have, um, especially as a bench option, you know, like mm. Kalen Pong is the best one of those, but you just stick them in, in the bench and they cover any late out in the halves or at fullback. So, um, yeah, extra little reason to, to like Anthony Milford. Yep, 100%. There were obviously a few players who came into contention who didn't get dual position status. Um, if you've got any angry feedback, I'd just like to remind you that Dom and I don't make the decisions around the... Still tweet, tweet CK about it. He yeah, loves it. I, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, the third Saturday game, the Storm take on the Sea Eagles, that old rivalry. These are always entertaining clashes. Uh, Storm team-wise have many changes because all their... Um, all the origin players come back, so you got uh, Munster's probably the main one from a fantasy point of view, yep. but Chambers, Kafusi, etc., etc., are all there. Um, so a few reshuffles for them. Uh, Fantasy-wise, we touched on Smith already. Um, bagged a very rare four-pointer on his way to 74, but three games scoring almost exactly 75 in a row. He's pretty handy at the moment. Very handy. So, um, yeah, I mean, the start of this year, we thought that Damien Cook had surpassed him as you know the fantasy king, and... Uh, then we thought Haas had surpassed them both, and now here's Smith outscoring both of them once again. Um, rock solid. It does make it really hard if you've got those three players and maybe Tamalolo to pick a captain every week because they're all regularly scoring so well, but not the worst headache to have. Um, and them and Manly, old rivals, this could be another game with him to, to score big. It does Again, he's not a player who doesn't... It doesn't really matter what type of game it is, so mm. a grind against the... Sharks, although they beat the Sharks pretty easy recently, he can score well. They uh, whipped the Titans last week without their origin players. He scores 75 doing that. So, yeah, really, really safe set-and-forget captain, as always. Not too much else, really, in the, the Storm team, other than, obviously, Munster, who we touched on um, from a fantasy point of view, I don't think. Uh, but looking at the Seagulls, plenty going on here fantasy-wise. Uh, Tommy Travojevic came back from a one-week rest, did some really nice stuff against Parramatta, re- replicated his sensational aerial origin try, mm. outleaping uh, Clint Gutherson to score for the, the Seagulls and set up um, one of Ruben Garrick's tries with a really nice pass. So mid-60s for him. Uh, his brother Jake played well, but um, being a bit of a try-fest wasn't really his sort of a game to score well. Yep. in. Uh, early shower at the end once Manly was starting to run away with it. Also wasn't quite the game for Marty Tapao, who I think only got 41 or so. Yep. Those two could both score really well against Melbourne this week in Melbourne. Exactly. So I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, DCE had a good score as well. Yep. Mid-60s after a 72 the week before. So uh, good signs for him. A lot of people were, you know, taking a guess on a half in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. which one to get. DCE had started the season fantastically well then dropped off a bit without the uh, goal kicking but he's looks like he's back a bit at the moment he probably won't score as well consistently as he did at the start of the year without those goal kicking points but um, yeah. in terms of try assists and kick meters and a decent running game he should score pretty well most weeks um, they're probably the main ones I've had a few questions about Manasseh Fano but I think Abby Corusau's back soon so I'll be a bit concerned about his minutes yep. moving forward 
Um, Cade Cust, who uh, was a bit of a, a cash cow in a few teams, is named in the reserves. I think it was a head knock that put him out mm. last week. Wouldn't totally surprise me if he came back in, um, which would push Dylan Walker to the centres in place of Brad Parker, who, to be fair, had a pretty good game as well last Sunday. Uh, Bulldogs take on the Roosters 2pm at uh, ANZ Stadium. Um, wouldn't totally surprise anyone if uh, Roosters put on a bit of a score in this mm. one. The Dogs do have some changes. Lachlan Lewis is back in the halves. Brandon Wakeham uh, drops out. Kerrit Holland comes in for Marcelo Montoya, who unfortunately uh, will be out for the rest of the year with a knee injury. Uh, Kieran Foran and Aidan Tolman, both a chance of returning from injury as well, but uh, check the teams closer to the time. Yeah, I mean, ideally you don't have to check the teams because you've got nobody in this team in your fantasy side. We've mentioned well, that. You know, Tolman's borderline keeper, but him being out and there are, you know, better options at front row. And there's nothing else really, unfortunately. I mean, a lot of decent scorers in terms of, you know, 40, 45 points a game, but you really want guns scoring 50 plus at this stage. So mm. I think look elsewhere. Michael Leash has had a decent run of form. Yeah. Um, although, you know, with Marshall King back on the bench, I'll be worried about minutes. Hopper Whitey's had a decent run of form, but if you need him in the centres, you probably leaving out someone who's a better scorer like you said I probably don't want any Bulldogs in your team at this stage of the year Reserves are best I think or, yeah, or bench players or just not at all, uh, not at all. Roosters on the other hand James yeah. Tedesco player of the round last week obviously uh, his sort of game that high scoring uh, tri-fest against the Knights um, I mean he is a big reason why it was such a tri-fest exactly. to be fair um, yeah destroyed Newcastle with a lot of uh, long breaks from his own half yeah awesome score 93 he can do that against anybody I mean very good chance he does it against the dogs this week um, maybe not 90 but you know a big score um, he is really the standout though in that team Jake Friend is out for a couple of months maybe with an Probably arm injury. the rest of the regular season, so yeah. it's certainly a sell from a fantasy point of view. Definitely, and uh, Nat, Nat Butch is out as well this week, I think being rested, so those two were among their better fantasy scorers outside mm. of Tedesco. Kiri scored well, but he's not really the, yeah. the fantasy type. You, you need those big attacking stats to have anything vaguely from him, yeah. acceptable. Um, Latrell Mitchell's still in heaps of teams. Yeah. This could be the sort of game 60s. where he, um, Last week. Could score well again. Um, um, yeah, he's not, he's not as consistent as the best centres in fantasy. I mean, he got yeah. a long-range try to get up to 62 last week, which obviously helps, but you see guys like Bateman get 55, you know, in a kind of regular for Bateman kind of game. So mm. prefer those ones or, or Nakora. Yeah, exactly. Uh, final game of the round, the Panthers take on the Raiders. Um, actually pretty excited for this one as well. Could be mm. anything. Uh, Panthers in form, Raiders currently in the top four. Should be a good one. Um, the Panthers have the same 17, I think. Yeah, I think both these teams are unchanged. Yeah. Uh, so kick out could be out. Yeah, yeah potentially. Um, yeah, he's up for uh, up to the judiciary uh, on Tuesday night. Um, on a shoulder charge suspension, he's challenging. Um, but yeah, apart from that, unchanged. Yeah, um, the, the I mean, story for me at Penrith is those backs. Anyone who jumped on Brian Toto or Brent Naden yeah, is a been killing you know a, a you know 
just complete gamble of a, a cash cow and they're just scoring 50s for fun. I mean, a seven-game winning streak helps if you're an yep. outside back. Um, they've had a pretty unbelievable run. I still think they've been fairly fortunate with the standard of opposition they've come up against. Yeah, and it's been a pretty gentle seven weeks in terms of who they play. Yeah, either understrength teams or struggling teams. But uh, yeah. that's not the case this week. Canberra is reasonably close to full strength. They're at least winning a lot of games. Mm. It is in Penrith, but this should be a lot closer than... Uh, Penrith's recent game, so it will be interesting. Um, in terms of other scorers, uh, Nathan Cleary's been going pretty well as uh, expected mm. now that he's returned. James Fisher-Harris has been getting through a lot of base stats recently. So. And dual position now as well. And dual position helps. now as well, yeah. So they're probably the two standouts, I think, apart from those cheapies. I've heard from people who are actually looking to sell for feeder just because we're at that sort of crunch time of the year that, sure. you, you know, you're either fighting for a top four or a top eight in your league or yep. whatever it is. And um, I think Fisher-Harris, uh, David Clemmer and uh, Marty DePau are probably the almost all level behind uh, Payne Haas in terms of front row. Yeah, and Fisher-Harris and uh, Tapao have the advantage of being dual position yeah. as well. Um, if you're short on, you know, back rowers and want one, a front row who can cover both. So a lot to like there. And this kind of game could really suit a, a Fisher-Harris as well. If um, if it's not a tri-fest, if it is a bit of a grind against a very good team in Canberra, he could get through a lot of work. He's playing almost 80 minutes a week. Yeah, pretty much all, all season. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so he's going really well. The Raiders are also going pretty well. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think you mentioned uh, John Bateman uh, putting in some handy scores. Uh, Chance of clock stats going reasonably well still. Um, Josh Hodgson's hit a bit of a form yeah. spike. I don't. He's He sort of does this. He goes for little hot he streaks does. and gets everyone... I think it's dangerous. Yeah. He's an awesome player. I love him as a player, but in fantasy, he, he's just never been a consistent scorer. He's not the kind of hooker who scores well most weeks. Um, and unfortunately, for a lot of people, they get kind of sucked in when he gets two or three big scores in a row. So he's just scored 80 and 62 in the last two mm. games. Uh, could look very tempting. You get him and then he has a quietish game and gets 35 or 38 or 42 or something while you, you know, Cook, Smith, McInnes get 55 mm. and up every week. So I'd be steering it clear, especially when there's guys like Pete's who are really cheap if you want a, a left field hooker option mm. this week. He's uh, looking at a few numbers. He had five tackle busts in the past two games. He had five tackle busts for the season before that. Yeah. That 80 against the Dragons, he had three try assists, and they all had a line break assist to go with him. So massively inflated by uh, attacking stats. So um, probably go for a more reliable score at number nine. Yep, agreed. Um, so about the end of the Raiders in terms of fantasy? I think so. Just get Bateman. Just get, just get Bateman. <laughs> Should already have Bateman. Make sure you've got Bateman. Um, should we get into some questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we will start off with Johnny Leary, who says uh, Thomas Flegler was his front row cover and also has Fafita. That's an annoying spot to be in. Yeah. Uh, shall I use one of my last three trades in MPO Bank to get the now dual position Jay Whitbread as an effective 18th man? Ooh, wow, that seems risky. I don't mind it for this week, but just with Jai Arrow looming, yeah. it worries me. Yeah, I think very risky. If you've only got three trades left... Um, get a much more reliable option, I think, than Ripbread. I mean, Fafita will come back next week, so you won't mm. necessarily need a scoring front rower, but if you're bothering to make a trade, I think try to get a, a real regular scorer. I don't know. It seems seems like a gamble to me. Like, Ripbread could go back to the bench or disappear mm. between now and the end of the season. Titans have an interim coach. They could make a lot of changes between now and then, so, yeah, it seems like a gamble. 
I mean, if you've got um, Fafita and let's assume Payne Haas in the front row and Flegler's your only front row cover on the bench, if Flegler and Fafita are both out and you don't get another front rower, you're now down to a, a red dot. Yeah, you want something. Yeah. There's not too many cheap options, are there, in the front row? If that's all you've got... Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who's he trading out to get Whitbread? Flegler, maybe. I would assume Flegler. Look, if, if that's the best you can do, then go for it. Yeah. Just uh, don't be relying on scores from him in five weeks' time. You might want to be using one of your other last three trades to then trade out Whitbread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for someone else. Yep. Uh, Lachlan Hill says, is Brian Toto a keeper at 18th or 19th man? <laughs> Um, oh. Maybe not 18th. Uh, pretty handy cover at wing fullback as a very 19th. Handy. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean... Getting a lot of tries, but... Yeah, exactly. So he's got, I think, two tries in each of the last two games. He's one of those guys who's obviously going to benefit from Penrith winning a lot of games. So if their wins dry up, his scores might dry up. But in terms of somebody you can stick in your reserves, and if one of the uh, wing fullbacks go down, he comes in. Very solid option. Um, gets tackle breaks as well, so mm. I don't mind that at all. Um, the only, I mean, you know, Braden Burns types who cover centre and wing fullback are handier, but I certainly wouldn't be selling Brian Toe at this point. Yeah, agree. Uh, Mark Jessup says, considering the Warriors have a very tough draw, if you had enough cover at wing fullback, would you consider trading two of us a Sheck to someone like Marty Tapao or similar? So I guess you're talking about your Fisher Harris's and your mm. um, Clemmers and the guys we were just talking about. Uh, in order to cover for Andrew Fafita being out, but also to stay in your 17 for the rest of the year, uh, the alternative is tra- trading a lesser player like Katoni Staggs to a cheaper option. Yeah, jeez. Um not really, is, is my short yeah. answer. I mean, trading out RTS in the form he currently is in uh, could end up being a recipe for disaster. He could score mm. 100 next week and you'd be kicking yourself. I see what the point about the Warriors having a tough draw. RTS doesn't score great every week. Um, mm. When the Warriors get beaten, especially if they get beaten badly, he probably won't score many points. But, yeah, you really want to have a very good you know, replacement wing or fullback in your team already if you're going to trade out RTS for a, a front row. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I agree. I don't like trading out RTS unless it's uh, really uh, desperation stakes. Uh, Dom writes in, different Dom presumably, is Tato Monga likely to keep playing 80 minutes for the rest of the season? Um, Edric Lee's out till, what, roughly the finals? Yeah, close to that. So, And he played quite well Tato last yeah, week. Right. So. I mean, you know, they got smashed, but um, pretty good chance. I mean, if you're buying him, it's really as a cash-out slash mm. backup centre. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're not going to need big scores from every week. But, yeah, yeah there is that level, level of, of risk there, obviously. He's not really been a reliable scorer. Um, That's the other thing. In between his, you know, several serious injuries. Yeah. Uh, Aaron writes in, is that the end of Cade Cust as a cash cow and is Braden Burns a good option for those who have plenty of forwards, halves and centres with their cap? Um, Cade Cust was out with a head knock and he's now in the uh, 21, so could potentially come back, but he's probably pretty much peaked as a cash cow anyway. I'd be inclined to move him on even if he does end up playing. Yeah, if you can do something with that trade this week that will help you, then probably do it. Um, he hasn't got that, that much more money to make, as you say, even if he does uh, play as a late inclusion. Uh, Braden Burns, I think, is a really good option. Um, yeah. Scored 
mid-50s last week without a try. Without a try, yeah. Nine, a try. nine busts, no try. His yeah. last three games, actually, his worst score has been about 40. Mm. He's had... Um, the other one, I think, was 48 with a try assist. So he's had no tries for a while, but still, I think, three-game average of 47 since coming back from yeah. injury and probably still warming up to his, his best form. Yep. As far as the genuine centres goes, he's he's right up there. And, and the fact he's your position makes him really handy. Mm. Well, be him him and Luttrell will be the, the genuine centres. And I have him ahead of Luttrell. Yeah, me consistency. too. He's making big metres pretty uh, consistently. Just gets involved a bit more, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eugene Tan... Uh, McInnes and Fisher-Harris genuine keepers and the best halves if I have Cleary and Sean Johnson already. Um, first question, yes, they are genuine keepers. Yep. Best halves if you have Cleary and Sean Johnson will be Mitch Moses? Yes, I think so. Probably that's ahead of DCE. Yep. That was Mine's, easy. Mine's still good too, but that's, that <laughs> sounds good. Um, Luke Saunders, who should I prioritise to trade? Andrew Fafita, Bronson Sherry, Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, Micah Sivo, who are all in my 17. Mm, okay. Also have Farnworth, Dearden, Salmon, and Ravalawa. Interesting team. Yeah. Uh, so hold Fafita. Yep. Out of that batch. Um, I'm holding Fafita. He'll, he'll be a gun in all likelihood in the run home, so don't do anything crazy there when you have other things mm. to upgrade. Hold um, Brent Naden as well. He's averaging almost 50 yep. of late. Um. Yeah, then Dufty I'll be getting rid of, especially now he's back on the Dufty bench. Dufty has to go, yeah, bench player. Sivo is probably not as urgent. He's got a few softer games coming yep. up. He could get a few He'll tries. He'll Dufty at least. Not a lot of equity in those. Um, yeah, this is the thing. Players. Ideally, you're uh, you're trading one down, trading one up. Um, get rid of the two dragons first, I reckon. Ravalau has been dropped, and Dufty's on the bench. Dufty is an urgent sell. Yeah, probably get rid of him and um, him and Ravalawa. He's thinking of bringing in. Uh, Johnson and Burns. So yeah, if you can bring in Sean Johnson and Braden Burns for any two of those, that's yep, do that's it. good gear. Uh, Dylan writes in, should I buy Tom Travojevic or a premium half like Cherry Evans, Milford or Cleary? Decision won't affect my team structure and I can't afford Moses. Um, mm, tricky one. Mm. Halves are normally more reliable than fullbacks in fantasy, so you can pretty much get 50 points a week from a half, whereas Tommy Turbo will get you 60 or 70 or... 30 or 40. Mm. Um, Maybe Milford of those, just being dual position now, and if you're yeah. not worried about that knee injury you picked up a couple of weeks ago. Yep, that does help. Yep, I'm going to say Milford. Um, Jack Colwell says, I need a gun half to round out my 17, provide cover for all positions, can afford Cleary, Monster, or Cherry Evans at the best. Who's your pick out of those for the run home? I don't know. I mean, so Cleary's had a few good scores recently. Last year he was great in the run home. Mm. Um, Munster's a bit weird because he doesn't get the kick meters of the others and what traditional halves who do well in fantasy get. But it's a lot of sort of running game busts. Yeah, type. but his running game's so good. Like even at origin level, he stands out. Yeah, you know, breaking tackles. So, um, and yeah, DCE was the king at the start of the year and and he's back in a bit of form. So, I don't know. It's really a personal preference thing there. I mean, we're guessing, aren't we? Yeah, I like Cleary of those three, but they're all great. Yeah, I've had DC and Clear in the past, and they've been rock solid. So, um, yeah, one of those two. Yep. Uh, Luke Terracini says, with Fafita out f- uh, this week, I have Vaughan on my bench. Should I promote him and trade Fafita for Cook? Already have Smith and McInnes. Mm. Cook's pretty much must have, but ideally you don't get him by trading out Fafita. Mm. 
Um, yeah, remember Fafita's he's out for one week. One week, If yeah. you can cover him with a decent score, even if it's 30 or 40 or something from an 18th man, then that is fine. Remember, most other teams are also have Fafita. Like, mm. if, you, if you're doing well in your league and up against a good team, they probably have Fafita already. So it's a problem a lot of us are facing. Um, I wouldn't panic unless you have very little depth or no depth. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think hold if you can, personally. Yep, I agree. Uh, Liam Connor writes in, why was Alex Twal dropped to the bench and should I be trading him out? Uh, he was dropped to the bench because Michael Maguire was not happy with the team's performance and he's made some reshuffles. Um, what do you reckon about trading him? You've got him. Yeah, definitely not at this point. Um, wait and see how many minutes he gets. He generally plays, I'd have to check, but I'm guessing 50-ish minutes a game. He's mm. really a point-a-minute kind of player, so... Um, when he starts, he plays 45 or 50 minutes or maybe close to 60 and scores similar kind of points. He can do that off the bench as well. He can come on, a, on after half an hour uh, and play decent minutes and then get 40 or 50 points. So I'd wait and see how he goes at the very least this week. See what happens this week. Yep, yep. agreed. Uh, James Gilbert's looking to fill his last bench spot with a gun. Uh, looking at Marty Tapau, um, he's the last one left up top that I don't already have. Wondering if it's smarter to get a gun half and move SJ onto the bench. Um, thoughts? Uh, yeah, it really just depends on on what you need to cover. You want to have at least one, uh, you know, coverage for uh, each position amongst your eight reserves. So, ideally, if you can get two for a lot of positions, that's helpful. Tapao's obviously very good at covering both front row and second row. So, if you haven't got depth there, then Tapao's a pretty good one to have. Um, he tends to score usually 45 to 55 points. He had a couple of big scores recently, but mm. uh, normally he's fairly consistent at least. Um, yeah, you, I, again, you want a third half as well, so it's really just whatever you need coverage-wise. Yeah, I mean, just as a general point on that, you want ideally all positions on the field covered on your bench. So if you've got a Marty Tapao doing front row and second row and then a, a Callum Ponga doing halves and wing fullbacks, that's you yeah. know two gun keepers who are covering four of the spots yep. on the bench so you could do that then have two hookers safe and filling out the mm. the bench and then have you know a backup center slash winger or something in your reserves and a couple of others mm. so a McInnes and a Braden Burns added to that you got your yep. spot covered for example yep. uh, Cameron Ashcroft says is it worth trading for feeder out to someone like Fisher Harris or Clemmer at this stage with trades limited I feel like one week's worth of extra points could be the difference in the run home I'm playing for overall uh, I'd I mean, say no. I'd say no as well. I mean, it's it's always tempting to trade on any, on any week, and especially this close to the se- end of the season, where you, you can see I'm going to lose points here because Fafita's out. Remember, I would guess everyone up the top of the overall leaderboard has Fafita as well. So and everyone up there is going to be low on trades. I can and they'll be low on trades guarantee. as well. Yeah, so some will trade, some won't. Um, but, you know, if you make a trade now and then another keeper gets injured for three weeks or four weeks, you know, if Cook goes down next week or something, that is a, a definite trade. And you, you're using up a trade on a, you know, maybe like a, a luxury move now. Uh, I wouldn't be doing it. This is where it's really helpful to have a bit of depth in 18th, 19th man. So focus more there than than trading out one of your guns for the sake of one week. Yep, I agree. Um People say, you know, we're almost at the end of the season. There's still seven games left yeah. where anyone can I mean, get injured. or Exactly. Think how many injuries we had in the first two months or three mm. months of the season. And there's still two months left. This is post-Origin. Everyone's carrying injuries already. So 
we could easily have one or two, you know, huge outs in the in the run home. So save those last two trades, I think, for for those kind of um, players. I imagine having two or three trades left and using one now to sell for feeder in the next three weeks, you lose, you know, Ponga and Tedesco and yeah, and everyone else trades them out and yeah. you've run out of trades. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely be holding trades if if you can. Yeah, exactly. That brings us to the end of the questions, the end of another fantasy podcast. Dom, any trades? yourself this week? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty happy with how my team's sitting. I'll be benching for feeder or sticking them in the reserves this week, uh, like a lot of us will, I think, but um, have a bit of depth. So, yeah, sitting sitting tight, hoping mm. for no injuries or big suspensions in the next few weeks. I can either sweep uh, Whitbread into the starting side and just uh, bump for feeder down to the NPRs for a week, or I can leave Whitbread in my extended bench and trade Reed Marnie for one of the um, Clemmer Fisher-Harris mm. types, which then would mean I'm playing Braden Burns over Joe Whitbread, which I think is preferable. I can do it in one trade. Yeah, maybe. That's not bad. Whitbread starting again. Yeah, lock, so. 40-odd last week. Yeah, so good to the, the same. Borderline. It's, it's a bit luxury, isn't it? I'll, I'll decide. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks once again for joining us. Obviously, the uh, Late Mail crew is back with their podcast on Thursday afternoon, Lone Scout Q&A Thursday morning uh, video preview. Myself and Tanisha on Wednesday afternoon and all your Late Mail and breaking news as per usual. We'll see you back here next week.